Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast, your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related, with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3. All right, now, what's happening, everybody? Glad to be back with y'all for another episode. I know last week we I didn't record an episode or put out an episode for you guys, so I'm excited. I got a brand new episode. I got an interview for you guys, and I am happy just to be back in the number one more again. As they say in the old church, just happy to be back in the number one more time. Glad to be back here on the Bryant Land Country Podcast. The BLCP is back, baby. Hope you guys have gotten off to a great start in your hunting seasons, whether it's deer. I've seen some people on my timeline getting some early waterfowl done up in the Wisconsin and areas like that. So I hope you guys have got off to a great start, killing bucks, killing a lot of does, knocking birds down, folks getting out, enjoying the outdoors. I love to see it. See it all up and down my timeline. I, unfortunately, haven't been able to enjoy the outdoors as much as I have in the past. Just a quick update. I had some health challenges uh, that kept me from getting the podcast done last week um, and then kind of laid me up, put me on the shelf, if you will, from going out and doing some deer hunting. But the good thing is, is we uh, got those things corrected. Uh, we got got me back on track, back to work, uh, back out in the field, back out in the woods doing things uh, that I love to do on those ATVs and uh, getting a couple of deer hunts in. So just glad that I'm past that and can move on and move forward. I will say this. Just as a word to all the men folk out there, go to the doctor, get your tests, get your screenings, uh, whatever case may be, cholesterol, blood pressure, whatever. Make sure you get your cancer screenings done. Uh, guys, just go. Uh, preventative care is the best care. Well, I'm not going to get too preachy. I have enough people surrounding me and there's enough stuff out there with people that are preaching you know about lifestyle and drinking water or as I like to call it liquid air and trying to get us to go vegan and all this other stuff man just take care of yourself just make sure you're getting your your screenings you're taking your doctor visits make sure you know you're keeping on top if you got medications uh make sure you keep it on top of those man because the bottom line is when you're laid up uh in a hospital or you're laid up and on the shelf and you can't get out there and hunt those opportunities that are going to pass you by so you can't hunt when you're on the shelf and that's the bottom line on that so just glad to be back glad to be on the microphone recording the podcast like i said we'll get out get some deer hunting done get back to work so just happy to be back. Brightland. Like I said, I got a guest for y'all this week. It is Jeff Caldwell, J.A. Caldwell, as I call him, or as he goes by on the uh, Instagram and Facebook. Now, um, J.A. is a mutual friend of mine and Ken Brown. We all kind of met on social media. We all kind of talk uh, on social media, maybe text a, a little bit or uh, message each other back and forth about uh, different things um, just that we see in different strategies and jokes and stuff like that. But Jay is a good dude, landscaper by trade. We always have good conversations. We actually did something a while back when I first was getting the, uh, the Bryant Land thing off the ground, the brand and everything off the ground. And we did something that never came to fruition or I never could do anything with it. But 
I got a chance to talk to him and have a conversation with him. So I'm glad that we were able to record a podcast. We go about 58 minutes. So that's always, you know, plenty of time to get some things in and have a great conversation. So uh, this week, like I said, Jay Caldwell, I'm not going to uh, banter alone too much. I am going to fall back and roll sound and let you guys listen to my conversation with uh, Jay Caldwell here on the BLCP, the Brightland Country Podcast. Brightland. Man, it is always a treat to get to talk to one of the more underrated deer hunters in the state of South Carolina. And I say underrated in my opinion because you are not very flashy with it. If you really wasn't paying attention or no, don't talk to you or no, you wouldn't know that you'd be out there slaying deers as yeah. they say <laughs> in the country. Jeff, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Last time we talked, had a good conversation and everything, but this is a new year and new deer to shoot. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? New deer, new endeavors, doing new things. We did, we talked, I think, maybe about a year and a half ago when I was trying to get some stuff off the ground and I kind of pinpointed you as one of the people that I wanted, you know, to talk to, but, you know, how things happen, it really just didn't manifest or didn't work out the way that it was supposed to. But, you know, now, like you said, we got a new new time and a new chance to, to talk and we can cover a few things and, and it'll be awesome. So I appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks for remembering me. <laughs> How's the social media? Social social media makes it hard to to miss out on people, but you know you get busy. Well, that, tied that, up. That's what I'm saying. Like if you paying attention, and you know, I take enough time out of my day, kind of go through social media and kind of look at stuff and and check out stuff and just see you know what's going on and what people are doing and whatnot. So. You know, you were one of the people that kind of popped. You know, we got, like, mutual friends, your boy Ken up there in the uh, upstate, of North, or upstate of South Carolina. You know, so having, like, those mutual friends and stuff, even through social media, you know, you kind of watch and see and what's going on. And like I said, man, you've been out there. You, you, I think the first year we talked, I think, like, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, like I said, you knocked down two 130s in, in the season. Up there in yeah. South Carolina, and that was that was were both with a bow, right? Or were they gun? One one bow, other gun. Okay, and then was last weekend, weekend before last, you you took down another pretty good size one. You had a chance to get that one scored yet? No, nah, I, I wasn't gonna get that one scored, but it was it was a good eight. I don't know if you can during the podcast you can pop a picture of it up or, or something. As you show it, but yeah, it was a good eight, about 170 pounds. Well, so. you, you know, we can, I usually wait till the end, but we can always start promote, uh, promotion early and often. So tell people where they can go and find it and look at it. Uh, you can find my hunting Instagram page. It's uh, ja.caldwell, and that's uh, ja.caldwell, C A L D W E L L. And uh, that's on the Instagram. So I post most of my hunting pictures and everything else on, on that page. So so you can keep up, see what I'm doing. Exactly. I usually don't put too many pointers on there because I don't want everybody killing stuff like me. Man, go ahead with that. Man. You, can't, <laughs> you, you can't hoard all the information, but that's come to be expected from you upstate guys. That's how you upstate <laughs> South Carolina guys are, you know, just kind of hoard all the secrets and stuff to yourself, but that's fine because I'm going to pull some of that stuff out of you in a minute. But before we get back into all of that, man, how's the landscaping business? Cause you've been doing some heavy, heavy landscaping. Like I always see your pictures and stuff and I'm like, man, whenever I get my shit together, I'm going to call this guy and see if I can get him to come out here and skate me out a nice yard. Yeah. We stay pretty busy and everything. We used to do a lot of, maintenance lawn maintenance as far as cutting with dennis just switched it up to uh to the landscaping part that way you do bigger jobs and less time you get what i'm saying you right, make right. more yep you, you make more 
I can say I didn't pull my boat out all year, all summer. It never touched the water not one time. What? So that's, yeah, I was that busy. So, with that being said, I never miss hunting season. So that's my slow time. So that's 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 the main reason why I'm able to to get big deer because I'm out there every, almost every day. So I got the time to to get out there and scout and do what I need to do. No. Uh, are you combining activities in the summer, like some of the places where you're doing your landscaping job and whatnot? Does that help you in any way with some of your uh, with your deer hunting later on? Well, I won't say that it the actual landscaping does, but when it comes to planting plots and and everything like that, I know the uh, exactly the mix to to put down to to get stuff to grow. So that's one upside of being a landscaper mm-hmm. and a hunter right fertilizers and soil tests and everything to do without spending wasteful being wasteful with your money buying stuff that's not going to work in the right times to plant so that's that's one thing that that helps out man because i don't know if you heard of it going back and forth on the last couple of podcasts just talking about you know like food plots and doing you know food plots and whatnot and, and the biggest thing that I've been telling people and whatnot is just getting that soil right and making sure, you know, you get your test done because in in my infinite wisdom when I first started, you know, I just dug up the ground, turned it up real good, and then threw some seeds down there, threw some fertilizer, and then let yeah. everything else work. And, you know, I, I, I did that amount of work, and I got that amount of results now that I've yeah. gotten a little bit more advanced <clears throat> in doing, you know, and have done some research and whatnot. Um, I've been able to put uh, a better blend and buy better seeds and, you know, like you say, be more purposeful with your resources to get the results that you want. Yeah, because we already don't have too much time because of, of work and everything. So you got to make your, your time count. And I can tell everybody that's listening, you can never put enough lime in your plot. Okay. So, so with that being, yeah, with us being in the South Grounds, acidic clay and everything. So I always tell everybody when they ask me even for their yards just if you don't have the time to get out to get an actual soil test you can never go wrong with liming okay so because it's funny because i was talking about this and i remember the first bag of like throw and grow that i got and they were like yeah you know you can just throw it down whatever go for it whatever you want but if you want to put some effort into it turn the ground over or if you don't have time to get a soil test you know, I think the bag said anywhere, I think it said like 500 pounds or like, it was some outrageous number of lime. They was like, you can yeah, you don't have to do. You don't have to do that much. <laughs> they, got quick, they, got, they got quick release lime that gets there quick. So you don't have to, you don't have to break the bank buying all that stuff. And like I, I say, you just got to be purposeful right. with it when you're doing it because you got money to, you got to buy broadheads and everything else that costs $60 a pack. Man, I saw, you know, and I saw it, and I was like, wait a minute. Nobody's putting 500 pounds. Like, who is no. getting, like, unless you're some kind of, like, industrial farmer, like, but average every day. And it would be so funny to be because it would be, like, these simple little, like, five-pound bags of, like, seed or whatever, like a backwoods plot or something like that, like, grow, like, in the deep woods or something like that. And so on the... On the packet, it would be like little equipment, leading, little equipment needed. But then you flip it over on the back, and they're like, "Well, if you want, you know, maximum results, then you know, you come in with this kind of fertilizer and, and this much lime." And I'm like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> like this don't add up. Like this is no, this can't be right." <laughs> so yeah, but I tell most people the the thing is when when it comes to hunting, just sometimes you just climb up in the tree as high as you can and just look. Because the deer going to tell you where they, which way they're going and where they're at. Right. And then you get up high, you can see the trails and, and everything else. Because once the acorns start falling, the corn and all that, that's not going to work. Right. All that other stuff kind of becomes yeah, it, obsolete. You got to get out there and just look and listen and find your signs, your scrapes, rubs, and, and, and go from there. Now, when you say get up high, what what's high for you? How high are you hunting up there? I usually from twenty to twenty five feet in my climber. You go up twenty five in the climber. 
Yeah, we, wow. Yeah, me and Ken, we get, we we get. Well, Ken, he switched the lock on, but I, when I climb, I like to get up because where I hunt, it's a, uh, it's basically like a, um, a mountainous area, but not really. It's a lot of hills and, and stuff. So the higher you get up, the more you can see. Right. Especially when rifle season comes around. Right. Right. Yep. Man, y'all have yeah, God up there. Yeah, pretty much. So that way. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to be worrying about scent too much when I'm up that high, because by especially rifle season, by the time they know something up, it's too late. Yeah. Jesus, twenty five high. Uh, but but my my little honey hole spot is an old farmhouse, and it never lets me down. It, I basically turn the old farmhouse into a blind, and that's where I get. I would say a good percentage of my big deer out of there. Both rifle and with a bow? Well, with the bow, well, for one, and I was in my stand and my climber, not probably 30 yards from that spot. So I, I have my spots mm-hmm. for big deer on one property, and then we got some more property down in Lawrence County. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Uh, about 80, 80 acres. Oh, wow. I've killed, I've killed some big ones down there actually at 10 point weight about 210 215 wow. in between there so joker eating good yeah i don't know what they're eating but I, most of this stuff is natural yeah i was about to say but lawrence, lawrence county is known for having some of the bigger deer in south carolina i saw that i saw that matter of fact when i was talking to ken um a few months back i was surprised at how many of the top deer are from around in that area up there. Like you would have never, or at least me, I would have never have thought that because like I always used to hear about like the low country and like the swamp donkeys in the low country and like, you know, the big deer that's hiding down in them swamps and stuff, you know, like down in Charleston and all those areas or the rural part of those areas, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, I I was floored when I started looking at the numbers and the data from the deer and where they were coming from in South Carolina. Yeah, now that they're switching up the um, the tagging rules, it kind of makes it a little better. Where you, if people were just mowing them down, and now it seems like people are taking more of a conscious effort to let them grow to get to size. No, now when you say switching up the tagging rules, what what uh, specifically did they switch up? I know this year they gave us two buck tags. Okay. Anytime, well, no, yeah, two buck tags, and after you get the two, you can buy as many as you want, I believe. But with the doe, they used to have doe days, right? Of okay. Course, state yep. of South Carolina. Now you can take a, a doe any day because it's guys, you know, everybody's working, doesn't have time, so a doe day might be on a Saturday where you got to go to. a little league football game or something like that and you can't go right. so the next time you go it's not doe day so it's just getting overpopulated with deer so i think that's that's the reason why they kind of switched that up so to thin some of them out because there's too many around here yeah because even here i've always marveled at the um the numbers compared to other parts in the country like we get tendos here in georgia and then mm-hmm. just uh, 10 in time, and then you get your two bucks. And then obviously, you know, they split up like your archery and your black powder and your rifle and stuff like that. But as far as the tags, you get two bucks and then 10 does. And I always used to think it's just like, man, like you have to be really doing a lot of hunting and mowing down to get 10 yeah. does in a season. <laughs> Well, hey, it's guys that do it every year up here. Just after you run through your tags, you can buy more. That's the thing here. You can keep buying them. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, whew. They don't never see the inside of a grocery store, at least not for me. <laughs> so now you were talking about, like, your climber and then – the little blind that you make out of the um that you made out of the farmhouse. Like what's your preference? Do you prefer being up that high or you just kinda depends on, you know, what early the day goes? Early se- early season I like to stay in the blind just because the deer are still in groups. So mm-hmm. you can see a lot and not worry about spooking them. 
because there's been times last time I've hunt, I hunted, I posted a video on Facebook. I believe I, I counted about 13, 14 right in front of me. Right. So yeah. they had no clue I was there. So that lets you see exactly what's in the area without spooking them. And you don't have to take anything that day. You can just let them leave and you creep out your blind versus once the leaves fall, that's when you, I, I say that's when I like to be up there because I can see further and, uh, and get a better vantage point of deer trying to cross creek bottoms or the hillsides. Right. Right. Yeah. That's something else that I'm working on and adding to my arsenal. I finally got my climber. I just got to get out what there. What type of climber do you use? I got to buy a new one because I'm not trying to kill myself with already be up high. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's usually part of the equation, not to because I, to I come wear back my safe. harness, but I don't I don't want the bottom to drop out and I'm dangling twenty feet up in the air, and then I gotta well turn the action hero to get down. Well, see, they got the I got the some the summit the Viper SD, and then they got like this bungee cord that attaches to the from the bottom and the top part, so they it'll attach it. So if something did happen bottom part doesn't fall all the way to the ground and you just you gotta kind of get yourself together and then you can like hoist it back up yeah because i know a lot of new hunters I, i'm people hit me up all the time and message me that are just starting hunting and they ask those type of questions like what would you recommend climber style and or lock on or, or staying so a lot of people want to know yeah yeah what you think is the best product to use and then just Truthfully, I've been trying to find a, get a tree lounge since I was a kid. That's why I always wanted a tree lounge. Not a tree lounge. I might. What you, what, the tree, you, you never heard of the tree lounge? Uh-uh. It's, it used to be a commercial come on. It was an old guy doing sit-ups and dangling off the side of this tree stand called the tree lounge tree stand. You can look it up after you get through doing this. But the tree lounge is it's a simple two-piece stand that Basically, they say you can sit in it for hours. Legs won't cramp up. None of that stuff. You bow hunt out of it. Rifle hunt out of it. And it's not. And they've been set. I'm 34 years old, and I remember as a kid, like 11, 12 years old, looking at this wow. and wanting a tree lounge, tree stand. Like they don't. I don't think they market them like they used to on the hunt shows. But that used to be a a stand that everybody wanted. That dude, I'm up. He would say, "I'm up 30 feet in the air, so I can." see everything comfortable and me leaning off the side of it doing a, a sit up. <laughs> wow. Now so, I, I've seen like these saddles like coming back this year. Like a lot of people. It, it sort of looks like a saddle, but, okay. but it's called the tree lounge. I know if people listening, they'll probably remember, remember it, but it's called the tree lounge tree stand. Now I've never seen it in stores or anywhere. Wow. I've seen them at the flea market, but that's probably somebody just wow. needs money to get rid of one. Damn. But I think it's something that you just have to get online and, and order directly from them. The tree lounge tree stand. Yep. Um, man. They got all these attachments you can add to it, canopies and, and all this stuff. And you and you said the guy was 30 feet up in there. Yeah, 20, 30 feet up. You, you look up some old videos, they're probably going to be coming from a VHS-type look, but <laughs> <laughs> they still... I'm, I saw somebody in the hunting group post saying, hey, I got a, a tree lounge, and it looked new, so wow. they, they most wow. likely still selling them. So, But I've been looking to get a new one, so I'm going to actually try to find that, or like you say, the Summit. I've seen those, and they're a pretty good price. But I always try to get a, a good climber every few years because I'm like I leave some of mine I just leave them out there all year put it wrap them up in the tarp at the end of the season and, mm -hmm. and hide them and just leave it out there and just leave it out there what uh what which one are you are you using now which one have you been using I can't even tell you the name of it something came from probably from academy like about eight nine years ago maybe seven years ago okay so once I keep them I, I keep them and use them for a while but you know, as I'm getting older, you know, you fall, you're not going to bounce like you used to if you hit the ground. So right, it's best to, it's best to spend some money on good equipment and, and harnesses and everything else. I know younger, you didn't think about grabbing the harness. You just climb up there, or get up in the stand and, and do whatever. But now, like I said, we're getting older. You have to think safety-wise. 
Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because, I mean, that's the one thing. Like, I've all, since I started, like, I've always loved the ground blind just because it's so easy. You get in, you got your stuff, and put stuff here and there. But what I'm finding out, the more that I do this, is just to be a little bit more mobile, be able, you know, to actually take the fight, so to speak, to the deer like the climber to me is yeah. the best way like i know a lot of people like to hang and hunt and you know they'll go out there with climbing sticks and a hang on stand and put it up in 10 minutes and hang and hunt and stuff i i just can't i'm pretty yeah, sure if i That's tried, yeah if i you know if i worked at it i mean just like anything i would imagine like anything you know you work at it i guess you could get proficient at it but to me it just seems too cumbersome especially for like yeah. a, for a same day yeah, plus all the noise you're going to make. Some of these stands, it's, you can get it slip in there early in the morning, late in the afternoon and get up the tree in a matter of mi- five minutes right. and be ready to hunt. Right. And not clink and make all the noise, putting up everything. All right, so a let's see. The website doesn't match this, but it says hoviesknivesofchina.com. I don't know why that's the website, but Backyard deer hunting. What happened to the tree lounge stands? And it says, regrettably, the Georgia-based company Tree Lounge that was started by Bob and Margaret Heiss is no longer in business. The Heisses sold, the sold their company, but the new owners went bankrupt and got their company back with a load of debt. With a load of debt. In, in addition, they received something of a black eye because the new owners sent production to China. And the resulting stands were not as rugged as the originals. <laughs> Bob, okay, for, forget everything I said. Bob, Bob and Margaret resumed production in the original factory in North Georgia. They reintroduced the original model. She added a line of elusive whitetail grand lounge. Forty uh, odd employees were let go, and apparently there's some kind of radio interview on Hovey's Outdoor Adventures <laughs> radio show. Well, so. as much as I would like to, to trust Bob and Margaret, I don't think I can do that anymore. So, this is what... <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the tariffs that have hit us too, who knows? <laughs> right. This, this is what's from Hovey's Knives of China when I hit, you know, when I went to the Google machine. The only other thing that came up... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. What do we got here? Ladder Lounge. Tree. I don't know about this. Tree Lounge LLC. Oh, coming soon. Keep posted. Okay. I don't know about that. So, <laughs> you might be. Yeah, I'm out of luck on that. So, I'm going to go back to what you got, maybe. Yeah. All, let's see. All birds, tree loungers, but those are the world's most comfortable shoes, allegedly. So, all right, that's what we got from the uh, from the Google machine. So, <laughs> that. although I do see a couple of YouTube videos, I might have to check out later on because I, I honestly have never heard of that. That that's awesome. But what the picture that I saw on uh, on the Hovey's site there, I mean, it basically looks like you know just like two little bars or whatever. And then you just like slid. It almost looks like a a, a poolside little deal or yeah. whatever. That's it, man. But I was too broke back then to buy one, and now, <laughs> well, if that, if <laughs> my parents weren't gonna buy me one. So it's it like, hey, do what you gotta do. If they sent production to China, then I'm fairly certain if you can get one, it might not cost you too much now. But your life. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, small price to play. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. All right. Well, learn something new every day because I would have, uh, I would have never, never even thought about that. So, but yeah. So we got the climber. We're gonna go out there and get proficient with that because, I, like I said, I'm trying to switch it up this year and get on, uh, get on some of these deer because. As the old saying goes, you can't kill them from the couch and just sitting by waiting for them in the blind sometimes. While I enjoy being out in the blind, you know, any day in the woods is a good day than not in the woods, but, you know, just want that versatility. Yeah. So Yeah, but with that blind hunting evenings, it gets a little tricky because 
the blind it gets darker in there quicker. Right. Than being in that stand. So right. it's gonna cut out probably maybe ten minutes of your hunt being in that blind, maybe. So like I say, it's just up to preference. If I if I hunted the blind, it would be mornings for me. Mm-hmm. And like I say, at afternoons something a little bit more open that way you can take advantage of the light right right now you're you're a compound or a crossbow guy uh both okay i got actually picked up a matthews from ken this past summer practice shooting it all summer three two three weeks before season started i smashed my wrist doing some work about broke it so yeah with that being said i had to had to switch to my crossbow i used a 10 point crossbow and uh but that's never let me down but i was disappointed because i got the hayline from him so i was looking forward to shooting that bow so maybe mid-season out when i'll be able to use it but right now my wrist is done so i can't even pull back the bow oh man so with yeah, the so, even with the physical therapy and all that stuff, it won't you won't be able to get nah, back. You smush your your arm in a dump truck in a trailer Oof. in between there. It, Oof. Yeah, okay. it ain't it ain't coming back no time soon. Yeah, so golly, dude. Yeah, perks of the job. Damn, perks of the job. But yeah, like I say, I like the crossbow. Mm-hmm. They especially. It's just it's just easier, and it, and I think it just allows other people that maybe would not be able to archery hunt right. to hunt, right? No, and I mean, it gives them the confidence to actually get out there and do it, versus making bad shots with a with a compound bow, right? No, exactly. Because if you get on some of these hunting groups and you hear people <laughs> got a deer, anybody got a dog, that's what, that's all you hear. Anybody got a dog? That let you know right there. You already you can't shoot. Well, or have, have you seen the new the the new hotness? The last couple of weeks have been shooting small deer and deer with still spots or fawns or either fawns. No, I oh man, they've been going crazy. It, it's about four about four or five groups. I'm in on Facebook. And this uh, this girl, she shot a fawn, her first deer. She's all proud. Dad's all proud. Girl couldn't have been no more than about eight or nine. And they well, I can see an eight, eight or nine year old. But the person taking them but, knows better. Knows better to, to and, do do that because that's just putting a bad. They're teaching them wrong from the beginning. You know, you know, everybody wants to get a deer, right, right. But still, you got to teach. Wants to shoot, not to shoot. Right, and we and we all get that, but I mean, because you know how your keyboard warrior friends are, they just lit that poor little girl up, and this is a fairly large group. This group. Well, guess well. what? She'll know. She'll know not to do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'm, stick your hand in the bees' nest. They, they. Oh my God! They lit that poor child up, and. It was probably, I think, the last time I looked at that thread. I think whoever the admins or whoever runs that group, they had probably kicked out about like a thousand people just for what they said yeah. bashing. But like all I say, that's stuff, good but... to get. It's good to get kids <laughs> out there because it's a guy. I don't know if you ever uh, was it James Johnson, James Jackson. Yeah, what's both. the guy? Yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I spoke with him for about an hour and a half one day, mm-hmm. and he's just telling me the different things to do, and a lot of the things he told me to do, I I actually tried them out and they worked. Right. So that's a lot. Of, he he's big on off season. So if you don't know what's on your property and and keeping up with everything, you don't you can't figure it out in a week. Right. So you're not right. gonna kill any big deer. But if you're always out there, even a few times. Maybe once or twice during the summer, just checking it out. You still have an idea of what's going on in the woods. No, that that definitely makes sense. I mean, like, even with my property, I try to get out there as much as I can. And what I've found is, you know, I've cut, like, a couple of trails while I go, like, with my ATV and stuff. But even better, just getting off of those trails and just kind of walking around and seeing, you You know, you see, like, a, a 
patted down ground where like a bed was or whatever. Yeah. Because he know, told me up those game trails and stuff. Yeah, because he even told me I think one of the spots maybe was either two acres or nine acre spot. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you don't need people go out here try to buy a hundred, two hundred acres. You can't hunt all of that if you tried to. Right. Just if you see eight acres for sale, five acres for sale around a large amount, you can bring the deer to you because they're gonna come come to you if you put the right stuff out there. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what he was telling me. He said, stop focusing on large area and just focus on your area that you're at. Cause the area that I hunt, I have access to about two, 300 acres that's next to the property that I hunt up here in the upstate. Mm-hmm. And I'm only hunting. I've killed all those big deer on the acre and a half spot. Wow. Yeah. That's, they come, I've just found out their, their routine and where they bed at and everything and licking branches and everything. And mm-hmm. that's where they come. And, I could get on my four wheeler and drive twenty minutes back in the woods, but what am I going to spook while I'm getting back there? Right. So I just focus on that on that area and try to bring the deer to me and and know their their routine and be there when they're there. Man. Because some of those bucks I get on camera, they're on there for three to four days, and I was talking with Ken, and Ken was telling me that too. He said, "You see a good buck, he's only going to be there." For three or four days on this round and he's gone yeah i have now that i have heard it's like once you see him you only got like a couple of days to get on him now he might come back but yeah he'll uh, come back if it'll be lucky if nobody else gets him right right well, well with my luck it's only me and another guy to hunt that property and this past week he sent me a picture of one that i had on my camera and he was holding it so <laughs> that being said you right. don't have a, a lot of time he sent me a picture he said hey look at this eight point i got it's probably scored in the 120s and and it was something that i had on camera for a few days and like it just disappeared and and he told me he's like hey i got this one but he said it was the monsters with that one that Mm -hmm. he couldn't get a shot at and those were the other ones that i had on camera so he probably won't see those again on his side which is probably about 500 yards 600 yards away man at least not until uh, until november well, I got all the does on my side. I made sure of that. <laughs> so he he gonna be out of luck in a few, in a few months. No, yeah, he gonna be the guy that's saying that all he's seeing is squirrels. Now, when you, <laughs> how did you, quote unquote, make sure of that? <laughs> oh, that's that's when you gotta be that that corn guy just to keep your does around. Right. Yeah. No. That. that that I hate to say it, but that's what you got to do sometimes, just to keep them in the area. Yeah, no, the corn, the corn, and the supplemental feed will definitely keep a nice population of does, and that's kind of how I've always just gone about it. Here is just like I remember the first year I bought my property, I used to get so upset because it's like, well, I see all these damn does, I see all these damn does, like where are the bucks? And then I was talking to a guy, and he was just like, as long as you got the ladies, that's all you got to worry about. It's like they'll yeah, show up. They'll eventually they'll eventually show up. Yep. They yep. will eventually show up. But like I say, that gets you a chance to keep them there. And then you know where they're gonna come. So that's when you get on the edge and you cut the bucks off getting to where the doe are gonna be before they can get there. So that right. way you don't spook your doe when you shoot a buck and the and the and the doe still stay around. That's what I always that's what I always try to do is cut the bucks off on their way to where the doe usually are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I try to get in the middle and cut them off before they get to where the corn's at, instead of hunting directly over the over corn. It. Right, right. No, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. Yeah, no, those those hunting groups, man, they they're good sometimes for like information. Like I've gotten some good information out of some of those groups, and just you know back and forth chatting with some people. But I mean, it's just like anything else. You like you want to find some of the lowest of the low. They are in those yeah. groups. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where you go. And another thing to ask you: you say you have an ATV. I have a a side by side Kubota side by side. It's a diesel, and I got a four wheeler. Mm-hmm. But I've been thinking about getting rid of my four wheeler and switching to a golf cart, a raised golf cart. I don't know if you've seen any other guys using the 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 raised golf carts because they're a lot quieter yes when it comes to getting yep. when it comes to getting in the woods because four o'clock five o'clock in the morning 
you can hear that thing from a mile away. Yeah. No, you still, even with a side-by-side or, like, with a normal side-by-side or with a ATV, yeah, there's no, I don't care how slow you go, you're going to still tearing, yeah, into the woods. But, no, those, um, I've seen the quiet carts. I've seen the quiet cart uh, bicycles. I've seen the quiet, like, golf carts or, like, the quiet cart. ATVs, they're like I think like electric or something like that. Me, mm-hmm. me personally, I would love to get one if I could afford one, but I need for that technology to like branch into some more hands where the price can come down. Because right, now, yeah, I see a lot of a lot of guys getting these used the used golf carts and just changing suspension, putting off road tires on them, and going from there. Yeah, like just get like a basic old yeah, just golf a basic cart. yeah easy easy go or something, and slap some big wheels on it. Because as a kid, that's on the on my uncle's farm. That's all we used mm-hmm. was a, the, the rabbit hunt. Okay, my cousin would drive. My cousin would drive, and I would sit there. We plow through the fields, jumping rabbits, and taking them out. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I say, it, it's just I I've been hunting my entire life. So I was lucky to have an uncle that had about 120 acres. Oh, wow. And then my, my, my grandparents had an 80 acres. So I was always squirrel and rabbit hunting before anything. I didn't start deer hunting until I was about uh, 15 to 16. Wow. So now, what kind and of, I, and I, what kind of farm? That? What kind of farm were they running? Just just, just cows and, and, and hogs. Okay. That's yep. what, what he had. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I grew up on. So we just... Just being outside, you, you kind of see it all. And, and that's what kids don't get to have now is to get out and about like that because, number one, they're building stuff everywhere, taking all the land away. Right. And number two, they don't have anybody to take them that right. actually knows what they're doing because a lot of the people that taught me, they're old or right. gone. Right. So, And it's up to us. We're at the age now. We've got to gotta teach, teach the younger crew about it. Some because once you they go one time, they always want to go. It yeah. might seem, oh, I never want to do that. But once you take somebody one time and they actually see something or get something, right? Whether it be hunting or fishing, they always want to go. Yeah, because see, that's how, that's how my kids are with fishing. Like, my daughter wants no part of hunting, but she loves to go fishing. My son will go fishing, he'll go hunting with me too, but he's had more success fishing, and that's what mm-hmm. he enjoys doing. But it and you know, with having my property it's funny because you know like i grew up in the country as well and i grew up you know fishing with my great aunt didn't really do a lot of hunting until you know i got older or whatever but what's been fun for us is just being out there in the woods and just kind of figuring it out together and just kind of like you know looking at stuff and you know like i said we we've gone out there we've rabbit hunted we've gone out there squirrel hunting is probably the world's shortest squirrel hunt because as soon as we set like two steps into the woods the skies open up but it's just the fact of getting out out there there. yeah and just going through stuff so i agree though like when you just gotta get out there that's the biggest thing just get out there yeah like i said i was lucky to have people take me my dad took me and my grandpa once he he was retired at 60 i was probably 11 12 years old we that's all we did and plus he was ex-military oh wow when it comes to shooting, that was all. That was all we did. Right. He would get strike anywhere, matches or golf balls, and set them on tees, and that's how I practiced. I didn't have a scope. He would. Wow. That was like you don't need a scope. So most of my shooting, like I told you last time we talked, I used that old thirty thirty like once or twice a year. Right. And and that's what I used. That's the gun he he gave me. So I, I always take it out maybe once or twice. And every time I've taken that gun out, I've killed a buck. Open sights. Man. So, but yeah, that's what I learned how to shoot on, shoot with. And having a scope is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to to actually getting out there, like I say, once you start going a lot, you want to cha- try to challenge yourself. That's why I started trying to bow hunt, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. for it be more of a challenge. Because with the rifle, you see it, you can shoot it, rather 10 feet away or 200 yards away. Right. So it's trying to learn, continue to learn, but yet still challenge yourself. So when somebody asks you something, you can actually give them a good answer to try to help them out. Right. There's no reason to withhold too much information. You know, if there's somebody new, I tell them more information than somebody that hunts all the time. 
Because <laughs> you you've had the time to do your research right, versus right. the new the new person that's gonna go out. You know, you see them go out and Cabela's. They spend three two three thousand dollars buying stuff. We really all you need is a gun, bullets, camo, cover spray. Right. To, you know to get right. started. Right. Or it's just like don't. If you bow like when I when I bought my first, I remember I bought my first bow. I bought a bear uh, cruiser from. Bass, I got a target and I got some arrows. And yeah. That was and like it. I say, if you if you had a known Ken Brown before that, he would have told you exactly what to get. And right. and you'd have skipped some headaches. But like I say, luckily I I know him and, and that's all he does is bow hunt. So he's told taught me a lot about it. But before that, I I wasn't going in the woods until October fifteenth. So imagine the deer I missed out on not bow hunting, bow hunting yeah. for all for all those years. And see that it was I don't know what it was about it. It was just like I got to it one day. It was just like I got tired of doing like the video games and stuff like that because I was big into like the sports video games and Madden's and whatnot. And it was just like after a while I just got tired of it. And I don't golf. Like there's nothing about golf yeah. that is appealing to me. And just was, walking. Yeah, that's called walking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and drinking. I mean, you can drink, but other than that, there was nothing appealing about golf to me. And I just picked up a bow, and the first time I picked it up, and I was just like, "Yeah, I can do this." And then once, you know, it's one of those things like you just get so immersed into it, and then it 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 really does become like a drug. Like every time you get a chance, it's like I want to shoot, even if it's only like a couple of arrows, at least just to shoot. And then I think this season has probably been the most excited that I've been for deer season since I've been doing this, like just all summer long. Well, you're finally home. You're finally home to do it. Exactly, exactly. All summer long, doing all the work, seeing all the, you know, the animals and seeing all the deer and seeing where they are and all this other stuff. It's just like, okay, when, you know, September gets here, it's going to be on. So it's it's definitely been something that I've enjoyed. Now, up there for you, um, do you do any waterfowl hunting or any like ducks, geese, or anything like that? I've never been in my life. Wow. The only duck that I got was from my uncle's pond during duck season, and that was with a pellet gun. When I was a kid, and it's <laughs> on the wall. So, like I say, we we wild, awesome. we wild, we wild, we wild as kids. So imagine how we got that duck out in the pond in in, in December. <laughs> January, so imagine <laughs> imagine how two <laughs> how we got that thing out on it was oh, freezing cold. Man. So, but yeah, I got I got a I got a mallet on 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 the wall now at my parents' house. But that's the only duck that I've gotten. I've yet to go. Uh, turkey? How was your turkey season? Turkey season? I see them all during deer season. Turkey season rolls around. I don't see anything. Man, I can't call. I got a buddy that he calls. He can call. Mm-hmm. great and he gets them but i can say when turkey season starts that's when my busy time starts so that's springtime okay so i'm cranking it up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. work-wise gotcha, gotcha. So i really don't have time to just get out there yeah and, and do it that still stands as my my single greatest accomplishment so far as calling in five they were uh they weren't easterns they were uh miriam's you were in uh, Nebraska. Wisconsin? Nebraska. Nebraska. I, I saw the picture. I knew you somewhere yeah, out in, there. But. Called in five mirrors, and I still kind of wonder, you know, if, how good that was uh, how much, or how much of that might have been a fluke because, you know, Miriams and Rios, you can call all day, and usually they'll respond or whatever if they're nearby, but calling in those five and plucking one off with a bow, and then last year I, no, you, I only yeah, wow. shotgun. I shotgun hunted last year. Like, I didn't even – I think I I shot at maybe two turkeys with a bow last year and missed them both. <laughs> you know, that'll make you put it down. Question for you. Yeah. What type of broadhead do you like to use? When right now I got the um the no collar rage. Cause I've been hearing about, you know, people have sold rage like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then since you don't have the band and the um the band or the shock collar on the new ones, you can just close mm-hmm. them up and they stay closed. That's what I got now, and that's what I want to use. But before that, I was using swackers. I've killed okay. deer, yeah. hog, okay. and turkeys with swackers. 
Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I use is, is Swacker, and I, they hadn't ran no further than ten yards. Yeah, hundred hundred grain uh, Swacker, two inch. Yep, two inch cut with the um the little green one. I call them little green hornets, but yeah, yeah, deer. Hogs and turkeys with swackers, even and then yeah, like, they the hog one was the one that I was kind of like, okay, that that's impressive because you know you hear all the stories about you know shooting hogs with mechanicals and stuff like that, but I that for me, my thing to get through there, it gets through well shot placement. The more yeah. I'm, I'm starting to pay more and more. Not that I wasn't before, but I'm starting you know more and more shot placement. If you put it where you you get it where you want it to go, you get that broadhead there, and you miss all the bone and all the bullshit, you'll be okay. Yeah. Put it in the vital. So, but yeah, and it was a nice size hog too. But yeah, deer hogs and Turkish swackers, and like I said, the rage. I just like the fact that you don't have to worry about those bands and stuff, especially taking them in and out your quiver. And whatnot, mm-hmm. um, because like I say, they're no collar. They're basically the same technology as the um, those NAP, um, whatever the two blade NAPs used to be, whatever they call those. It's basically the same like technology. You push them in, and they stay closed, and they open up. Obviously, when they, you know, when they hit, you know, this, the uh, the hide or whatever. But yeah. I haven't shot anything with them yet. Like I said, I want to, I want to use them, see how they go. And if they go, they'll be great. I always know that my swackers are going to be good. So yeah, that's that's all I use because I, like I say, I'm not. Sometimes I rush rush shots when I should wait. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But with the swacker, I know even if I do hit bone, it's going pretty much take them out for the most part. Yeah, those swackers and the the funny thing that I had to learn just in general with equipment and when I say it it's gonna sound like you're just gonna be like well duh but it's like get something especially like talking about like a bow or a gun or whatever get something once you're comfortable with it stick with it just let it go like I I can admit I got caught up in the hype and so I went from a bear and then I went to a halon Matthews Halon. Love my Matthews mm-hmm. Halon. When the freaking, the freaking Triax came out last year, I was like, ooh, I want to get a Triax. I got a Triax, shot it, killed the turkey with it, and then shot it a couple more times, and I'm just like, you know what? This ain't really working. Let me go back to my Halon. Same thing yep. with um my shotgun. Like I was a Mossberg guy when I started. For whatever reason, I just liked Mossbergs and shot them well. And then it was just like the Super Black Eagle Three came out, and I was like, "Ooh, I want a Benelli." And that gun didn't fit me, and it didn't feel as good. And I sold it, and I stick with Back my Mossbergs. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's you know, how I'm with my rifle. I'm still shooting the same rifle I got when I was 16. Yeah, see, Sa- the- Savage Two, Savage Two Seventy. Everybody laughs at Two Seventy. But like I say, the only thing I've done is refinish it, put new scope on it. I probably need to buy a new one because that barrel's probably not rifled anymore. Mm-hmm. My shooting that I've done, right? So I'll probably buy one this year, but I'm most likely go back with another Savage, just because it's it's what you know. It works, yeah. and it's what you know, and that's what, like I said, I I had to kind of learn the hard way, and I still, you know, talking to people, I kind of remind them, like you know, I'm still kind of new to this i've been doing it for a little bit but i'm still you know relatively new to newer than most people so i'm still there are things that i'm kind of figuring out and learning on my own and whatnot but that was one of the things was just like okay you you found yeah. your weapon of choice stick with your weapon of choice now broadheads and all this other stuff you know you can kind of fuck around with a little bit but that primary yeah but once weapon, you once you shoot something and it don't go down you don't find it and you cry a few <laughs> weeks right It'll yeah. make you, yeah, yeah. So it's just like don't don't overthink it. Like once you got something you like, stick with it, ride it till the wheels fall off. So, yep. And but man, are you still doing any of your comedy? Is, is there any time I, left for comedy, or are you just? Yeah. Like I say, I tell everybody that they ask me every now and then. I'll I'll go to the comedy zone here in Greenville and do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Last time I did something, I believe was this time last year. Wow. So, like I say, I just don't have the time. I did a 
a little uh, competition. This is my first time doing something back. Probably I'd take a year break. I'll pop up. They have a competition. Mm-hmm. And I'll place first or second. So I'm, I'm actually good at it when I put the effort to it. But like I say, I hate to say this, you're going to be broke if you're doing comedy. Just But if you're trying to make money in it, it everything takes time. Right, and right. It's what do you want to do? You want to just do it for fun or you want to try to do it and be Kevin Hart? Right. So it yeah. takes years to get to be Kevin Hart just like it takes years to figure out how to hunt. I was about so to if say you put the time in it, you're gonna be good. Right. And right now, I like to buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> don't we trips. all? Especially, I like to buy stuff. Especially and if I was still doing, yeah, if I was doing comedy, I'd be out here with a slingshot. So, with that being said, <laughs> I, I do it when I get the urge. And uh, you know, I, I do it for fun. I might do it for a month or two straight, and then just stop. Mm-hmm. And everybody wondering why I stopped, and I just tell them, "Hey, I got out my system, and now it's time to get back at it." But like I say, it takes a lot of time because you just don't want to go up there and embarrass yourself either. Right, right. And so it, you just hop out there and unprepared. It's gonna show. Gonna come up. It's yeah. gonna show, and that's with anything. So that's why I say you can always pinpoint something back to hunting. If you go out there unprepared and your equipment's not good, which is with comedy, your jokes, your equipment's not good and something bad going to happen. Right. No, you're 100% correct about that. No. And, and that's your self-esteem. <laughs> that's true. That, that's yeah, that's, 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 the, only I, that's that, the only that's way true. I can put it because there's been times I've practiced and go out there and win a competition, place first or second, and then you might lose, I might lose a set of keys from something that I got to do. And I got a comedy show that night mm-hmm. and I find them 10 minutes before the show. I might as well not even show up because my mind's not on it. Right. I get up there and just right. you already jump off, off your game. Yeah, yeah, it's already off your game because your mind's been thrown off. So, the, What, um, I know I was going to ask you, when you, you took a trip, was, was it Aruba that I saw? No, I, I recently went to Brazil. Brazil, that's what it was. Did you, I know it was kind of, you know, like a lounging and you just kind of, you know, chilling or whatever, but did you get a chance to scope out any kind of hunting? Is there any kind of hunting excursions or anything down there? No, I didn't see that. But, I, you know, growing up, we watched the fishing shows of the Peacock Bass. Mm-hmm. If I went back, that's something that I would want to do. Gotcha. Is is do the uh, Peacock Bass, because the Peacock Bass, they're like 20 seem like 20 pounders, 15 pound bass that they're catching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did see in Costa Rica, they do those iguana hunts. I've like seen they, that. Like they have in, in Florida. Yeah. So you yeah. can go on iguana hunts with like little 22 rifles in Costa Rica. I know you can pay and do that. That's something that I would want to do. Yeah, and that's in Costa Rica. But as far as wa- getting in water, you know, they got crocodiles down there. So Well, yeah. The last, yeah. Yeah. Because last time I went, I went there. I, I saw some massive ones. So yeah. With Just, that being said, I won't get near any water in Costa Rica unless it's the beach. But. Was was that like around the resort or like on a like a tour or something or what? No, we were just going from one side to another. We stopped at a bridge and they call it Crocodile Bridge, heading to like Haco Beach oh, in Costa Rica, and you just look off the bridge, look straight down. Wow. Thirty, forty of them just right under the bridge, twelve, fourteen foot long. Now, how high up is the bridge? Oh, it's pretty high. It's probably 20, 30 feet up. So, but you're going to hold that side when you walk. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to yeah. walk on it and not stand yeah. on the ledge. Like, yeah. you know, because, yeah, you go in there, it's, it's a wrap. That's a, wow. Just... So, but that's why, like I say, I like to travel and stuff just mm-hmm. to see different things. But, uh, far as like when I went to Brazil, I didn't, didn't see that. I've been to uh, Colombia, South America. I don't think hunting's too big there. Maybe it is. I just don't know. I think Argentina. But, uh, Argentina's supposed to be big for like their duck hunts and stuff. Like Argentina. Yeah, I've seen a few of those on on TV and everything. But that's something that I want to do. I would like to go to Africa. I see a lot of guys in the in the groups. Yep. Uh, I the think safaris. you might be part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. The, yep. yeah. I don't know how much it costs, but like I say, once again, I don't think comedy would get me. 
My my state of comedy would get me to Africa to hunt. Well, I so. mean, when you're running a successful landscaping business, I, th- I think you'd be all right. Yeah, but I don't know if I could pay that much money just to go, go there. Like I say, I would like to. So if anybody hearing this would like to sponsor, sponsor. me and you, sponsor us to go, we it would be a fun trip to, to record. So anybody out there listening that's just got some money to, to uh, invest or or give us, it'll be worth just, just it'll be it. worth your your time. Make sure you 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 hit up Mr. Jeff Caldwell. Yes, please do. Email, DM, phone, carrier pigeon, whatever. <laughs> you got to come too. That way it can be recorded. So we got to have quality. I can quality. I, I can do that. I can do that. It's funny because. Like I'm sitting here and every year I kind of go through and I jot down like a little list of stuff that I want to do. And then I try to see how close I can get to it. And this year it's going to be interesting because, you know, when I was in Wisconsin, I had a lot more freedom, even though, you know, I was just working with one team or whatever, you know, on the off days and getting stuff done. Like I had, you know, you know, didn't have to worry about, you know, like kids and stuff like that because I was away so, but that helped me to be able to plan like trips so I could go to Kansas, like from Wisconsin or drive like to Arkansas or whatever. But I got a couple of trips that I'm looking at. I just got to wait and see how the work schedule is going to going to shake out and see how I can pull them off. But it's a couple of them that I got listed down there that I'm going to try to, that I want to try to pull off this year. Yeah. And anytime you're more than welcome to shoot up 85 here, you only, well, you're in Atlanta, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You only Hour forty five minutes away. Oh, I'm hey, I might be hour and forty five minutes away and we got plenty of land and plenty of deer. So uh, I might be standing standing on your doorstep. I gotta wait till we till we make a comeback though and try to get one against Clemson before I come up there because I can't listen to Ken's mouth for a whole weekend. Uh, that, yeah, you seen what happened to Clemson this past weekend. That's so what I'm saying. Might. There, there, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a, there's a big chance. So I don't know what, they, <laughs> know what Clemson was thinking about this past weekend, but uh, yeah, they were about to be on Hartwell doing some fishing. Yeah, yeah. Because there ain't no, going to be no national championship. They had a guy beat by uh, North Carolina. Oh, we'll see if they we'll, we'll see how how that goes. But man, I appreciate your time. Like I said, I'm glad we got a chance to do this. We definitely gonna gonna do it again because I know you are gonna have some more good stuff for me and be pulling some deer out of them forests up in uh in the upstate. One more time, let folks know where they can find all your stuff at. Uh, you can find me at j a dot caldwell, and that's my Instagram. So if you want to see any of my hunting pictures or videos i post them all on there i try not to post any crazy funny memes on that one i'm not gonna even tell the other one so <laughs> for, for for hunting purposes <laughs> if you would like to see my instagram ja.caldwell you real yeah. quick you told me and it's something that i remember from our first conversation it has been a hundred percent true i can post like the greatest picture or the most like inspirational quote or whatever the case is like you can post it but and it'll get you know maybe like i don't know 7500 likes whatever the case is man you post a meme a meme about anything and you will get like a hundred or get like thousands of likes or comments from people you ain't never heard of people tagging each other it it's something that's always stuck out to me. It's bananas. Like I've posted the only thing that might come close to the response of memes on social media is maybe deer pictures, depending on what yeah, kind of deer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Deer pictures. I can't say those two. That any I got time of the I'm year. Holding. Any time, yeah, of, any the time year. of the year. If I, if I post those two that I got thousands of likes, I might post one just as soon as we get off here. So, <laughs> So anybody that comes to see the page can see how many likes and see that everything that I'm saying is true. It, it's bananas. I, just, I make a collage of them. It's bananas. Like I can post pictures with my kids. I can post us like working in the in the woods or whatever, or just having a good time, whatever the case is. And it'll be like, oh, okay. You post like a cartoon or a meme or something. It's just like people come out the woodworks. Uh, I don't understand it, but it's it's damn sure true. 
Yep. So, all right, man. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to holler at you. All later. right. I appreciate you. Okay. Take it easy. All right, now. Brightland. Once again, thanks to J.A. Caldwell for coming by, stopping by the BLCP, having a little conversation with your boy. I appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, before I get ready to get up on out of here, I just want to remind you guys, BryantLandCountry.com. BryantLandCountry.com is the website, one-stop shopping. We got your Bryantland merch. We got all the Bryantland Country podcasts. And we got videos, blogs, just things that we've put together, all kinds of content material for you guys. You can get it one-stop shopping at the BryantlandCountry.com, BryantlandCountry.com website. So make sure you go check that out. All right. I'm going to go ahead and get ready to get out of here. hope you guys have enjoyed another spectacular episode of the BLCP. We're going to come back next week with another episode that's going to be fire. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll catch up. Uh, have a great week, and I'll see you back here on another episode of the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bryant Land Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at Official Bryantland and Twitter at 3 Bryantland. This has been an AB3 Media Production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryantland Country Podcast. <laughs>